For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. Proverbs 6:23. Join Bishop Patrick Bruce of the Lighthouse Chapel International Bantama as he brings you the pure, unadulterated Word of God. This teaching is anointed, practical, down to earth, and full of wisdom, and will refresh, energize, and bring healing to your body and soul. Listen to the Word of God. I believe you can keep clapping. Hallelujah. Amen. We've reached the most important part of the service. And our Father is in the house. How many of you are excited that our daddy is around? Amen. And so we want to welcome our Father, Archbishop, with a clap offering, giving Anna to whom Anna is due. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to look at your neighbor and say, my neighbor, how are you this morning? Do you know your neighbor? Do you know your neighbor? Are you friends? You are friends. Oh, yeah, you're not minding me. Are you friends with your neighbor? Yes. Then get up and find the person you don't know and sit by him. Get up and make a new friend this morning. Rise up. Rise up. Find somebody you don't know and sit by that person. And say, I want to be your new friend this morning. I want to be your new friend. Shabaya, bakotaya. Oh, some are not moving. You don't want, you don't want friends. You don't want to make a new friend this morning. And those who are coming in, please, ushers, ushers, scatter them in their whole house. Don't put them together in one place. Ushers, I am saying something. Scatter them. Uh, Reverend Charles, help me to scatter those who are Just make a new friend this morning. We are happy to be in church together. Put your hands together this morning. Oh, what a blessing. Put your hands together this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Warn your neighbor. You can't sit by me and keep quiet. You must, you must chat with me small. Very happy to be in church this morning. Oh, only two are happy to be in church this morning. Are you happy to be in church this morning? This morning we are about to be blessed by a special, special man. He's a very, very dear friend. I've known him for years and years. I've forgotten. I've stopped counting because if I count, I'll feel very old. When I add the years, I've known him. Ask anybody, how old are you? If you are below 30, you are, there's, there's, something, there's something wrong about you. You are below 30. But I've known him for many, many years. Bishop Kufio has been our bishop in South Africa and Southern Africa overseas, uh, Lusetu, uh, Swaziland, Iswatini, Namibia, Angola, Ethiopia, Malawi, every, everywhere, every, everywhere down there. And um, over the years, he's 
built a, a huge church. Right now, South Africa is very common to us. Every time you're at the Kodesh or at Mampong, you meet South Africans. It's as if we are co-brothers. Is there a word, co-brothers? Is a word like that? We are co-brothers. We are co. We are twins. We're not twins. We are co-brothers. But um, it's because a man has been there who has spent his life and his, his effort to make a difference. And that difference counts today. He's somebody who... Um, distance means nothing. We don't... I mean, we are, we are here. He's there. It means nothing to us because we are, we are friends. We are brothers. And I'm happy that he's here this morning to bless us with a very deep way. He's a very deep, deep man, very deep. And um, I want us to receive every word that comes from his heart. Amen. This is his heart that he's sharing with us. Not, they're not words he's sharing. This is his heart. I, I know his heart. This is his heart he's sharing with us. And I want us also to open our hearts to receive heart to heart. Is that a good thing, heart to heart? You remind me this morning. Hey. Tap your neighbor. You already you have closed your heart to me. I'm here by you. And you have closed your heart to me. Open your heart and let's receive a man that God has sent to us, a blessing to our generation. Receive Bishop Emmanuel Cruzio. Put your hands there and receive him. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you that you are the only true and a living God that by your mercy and grace has saved us and brought us to yourselves that we may worship you and adore you. For you alone are God and therefore we have gathered in the name that is above every name, the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by whom we have the victory and by whom we have a place with you. Therefore, by your Spirit, let every life here have an encounter with you through this moment. Let every life know and experience your power in a special way. Guide our lives, O Lord, unto the purpose for which you have saved us and deliver us from the works of darkness. Help us to walk the way that you have chosen for our lives and grant us the grace to see your goodness, your mercy, and your love all the days of our lives. We plead with you, Lord, that even when we go wrong, deal with us not according to your anger, but let your mercy be truly over all your works. By your spirit, lead us each day. And by your spirit, provide for the needs of our lives. By your spirit, give us joy and peace. That we may be a blessing in this life unto others. We thank you that in Christ Jesus, we have the victory. We therefore come before your word with our hearts ready. Remove anything that will hinder your word from our hearts. 
quieten every voice that needs to be quietened in this hour and open our ears to hear what the spirit says to us i rebuke every demonic work in this environment and i say satan away with you and away with your works disease from distracting confusing and implanting negative thoughts into our minds for we have gathered in the name of jesus and in his name alone we shall receive his word which is able to save our souls we thank you in jesus name amen please be seated well we thank the lord for the life of our archbishop and uh, it's a blessing when people obey god and submit themselves to god and i'm praying that you shall also be described as a blessing i said i'm praying that you shall also be described as a blessing but i want you to know that there's no blessing without a sacrifice Amen. amen so we thank the lord for the life of our dear prophet our anointed our founder our evangelist our teacher our father whose born again life we are enjoying amen please be seated you know never get tired of being grateful for the lives god gives to you you know when god loves you he will give you people and will give you the lives of the people amen no you can you see you can't be blessed without people people have to bless you oh yes yes somebody has to say i like you for you to be introduced into certain realms somebody has to believe that there's good in you for them to protect you at a time when you can be wiped out Somebody has to be willing to suffer for you to be able to grow up. Hallelujah. And so always be thankful for the lives of people who have done what they were supposed to do for you to be where you are. Never think of it that it's automatic. It's never. Are you with me? And you see, when you see, especially in in the service of God, when you see somebody standing there are many things he has said no to let me say it again you didn't understand when you see somebody standing for them to be a pastor to you for them to guide you for them to lead you for them to counsel you for them to manifest the power of god in your life there are many things they have said no to do you get it so don't take them for granted and always thank god for their lives and make god aware that you appreciate them hallelujah and you will be blessed and you will not sit you will not fall to the trap of satan by which he will make you detach yourself from people you shouldn't detach yourself from amen amen 
I mean, just as the person who is your friend or you who you company with can spoil your life or can affect your life for good, so also who is your pastor is important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is your pastor and whose Christian life you, you come under as an umbrella is important. You know, sometimes we want to say that every church is a church. And you can go to any church. It doesn't matter. Then every woman is a woman. You can marry anything. And every man is a man. So why don't you just marry anybody? Why are you saying no to that guy? And looking for, looking for the other one to come and say something for you to say yes. Do you get it? So when, it, when we want to rebel, do you get it? Then we say, ah, but every church is a church. I agree with you. I'm not arguing. Every church is a church. So every person is a human being. So why do you choose and pick? Hello? So, well, I'm just answering your question. So whatever makes you choose and pick between human beings should also make you choose and pick between churches. Mm-hmm. So stop telling me that every church is a church, every pastor is a pastor, and everything. So also I'm saying every human being is a human being. It is Satan that will want you to move away from a place where you will do well. Are you with me? Every soil is a soil. But why don't we plant every seed everywhere? I mean, have you seen grapes in Ghana before? Uh (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is that do not allow Satan to deceive you out of your place of blessing. Okay? Handle the things that you should handle and understand that if the steps of the righteous is ordered by the Lord, unless you say you are unrighteous, let me say it again. If the steps of the righteous is ordered by the Lord, Unless you say you are unrighteous, then relax where God has brought you. I said, then relax where God has brought you and allow your steps to be ordered by him. Amen. Great. So, well, we thank the Lord for what God has given us as a church. You are an akazo, isn't it? Mega church. Hey, we don't even know what we are. We are almost everything. So I have to know where I am, depending on where. But we are still brothers. And we are still sisters and siblings. We belong to the same God. Amen. Whether mega church. But why are you using a castle basket? You are changing over. Okay. May you be a mega church in Jesus' name. And may you be one of the pillars of the mega church. Great. So this morning, is it still morning? Yeah, still morning. I want to share with you something that I shared in the first service. Do you get it? But 
to help the, those who were here for the first service, I'll change it slightly. I'll give it a little bit of twi- a little twist. Now, one of the things I want you to take note of is the purpose for which anything is done. The purpose for which anything is done. You see, unless you have the purpose in mind, you can easily be detracted. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. You must always take note of the purpose for which you, as a person, are where you are or are doing what you are doing or go to where you are going. you don't have the purpose of a thing in mind you can easily be detracted in other words you can easily be misled or or or, or stop what you are doing without intending to stop and I noticed this with Jesus that he was always mindful of why he has come to the world. He was very mindful of who sent him. That's the first thing. He always spoke about the father. You see, in as much as he was doing miracles and people were following him and all those things, he always remembered that I came as a servant and I must remain in the service of my master. That's an important fact. Different parts of the scriptures, he will tell you in some places is when he was troubled. When he was very troubled, he said, for this cause came I into the world. I think it's John 12, 27 or either 12 or 13, 27, but it's something 27. It says, for this cause came I into the world. Shall I say, save me from this hour? It says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Because my soul is troubled, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. That is what I would have loved to say from the trouble that I'm having. From the difficulty, the anguish that I'm experiencing, the natural thing to say is, Father, save me from this hour. But the only reason why I'm not saying it is because I have in mind why I came. You see, if you don't understand this, you will spoil things when you shouldn't spoil them. Why, why have you married? Okay. Or why are you wishing to marry? But let's, let's speak to those who are married. Why have you married? Now, you see, unless you understand, you have in mind why I married, you can easily divorce. Okay, it's true. 
How many husbands and wives do we have here? I'm not preaching about you, but I'm just, just, just a, it's a side issue. It's a extra on the ticket. Oh, yes. Thank you. Now, unless you have in mind why you have married, you can easily divorce. Oh, yes. And you see, let me say something to you, especially if you're a Christian. Marriage as a Christian is not the primary purpose of our salvation. In other words, let me put it this way. If, if left for Jesus, his advice to us, after the fall, you see, you see, marriage was before the fall. Marriage was made for before the fall. In other words, before man knew sin. When Adam married, he didn't, they, didn't, they, were, they were not sinners. I don't know how long it was between when they came together as a husband and wife and when they sinned. Because sometimes the Bible is like verse 3, verse 4. But the space, it doesn't give you the timeline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just, sometimes when you read the Bible, you think Jesus never slept. Because from chapter 6, then chapter 7, verse 1, and he's on the move. So the feeling you get is Jesus never slept. But you see, what you realize that chapter 6, verse 54, and chapter 7, verse 1, it doesn't tell you how long it was between. So in real, in, in real sense, marriage was made for people who knew no sin. Now, now, now that you and I still have the desire to marry, it's now two sinners or two people who, who have eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil now trying to do what was meant for people without that knowledge. So, 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 if, if we want to go by the Bible, if we want to go by the Bible, do you get it? Which is actually what we should go by. When Peter and Co said that if this be the case of a man with a woman, it is better then not to marry. Jesus said, Not all men can receive this. In other words, what you are saying is the truth, but it's not meant for everybody. Are, are you with me? When, when Paul was also asked, he said, concerning the thing whereof he wrote unto me, it is better for a man not to marry. Please give me First Corinthians seven one. It says concerning concerning the. That's not. I'm not preaching about marriage, but I'm trying to just say something to you that you must always have the purpose of a thing in mind. Why am I coming to a church? Is it so that I can have friends, or is it so that I can grow spiritually? Why am I going to school? Because what happens is that it, you may have a good intention or you may have a good reason for doing something, but unless that reason always stays with you, other things can push you away from them. So now, concerning the thing of where of you, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is not evil. It is good for a man not to touch a woman.
I mean, when he says touch, it doesn't mean this. You know, touch in touch. Touch in touch. You see, a touch that evokes responses. Do you get it? When you, there are things when you touch, the, the thing begins to play. Do, do, you, do you get it? Are you here with me? So he said, this is what, if you are talking about as a believer, as somebody who is saved by Jesus, this is the, this is the first option. Problem. Problem is that because you have eaten of the seed of the knowledge of the fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there are other problems that also come. So, because of that problem, if you can't stay without touching, then rather sign a contract with one and stay with one. Do you get it? So, if you, you see, if you are mindful that I married, he said, but another, go to the next day, he said, for the other thing is what that. Oh no no no! Please, you don't want to do. Are you married? No. Ah, that's why. That's why he's not interested in this your your marriage things. Nevertheless, to avoid a problem which can come, which can take you out completely, let's settle for one for one. Do you get it? So understand that I married so that I can remain a Christian. So you must do whatever it takes to be a Christian after marriage. So when you are married and all of a sudden you are backsliding, then you have forgotten the purpose for which the marriage is needed. Many of us backslide when we marry. Please, I'm not doing a marriage seminar. I'm just talking about purpose. Let's, let's move on. So, listen. And, and, then, and, then, and then when it comes to you also have to understand why, therefore, you, you must do everything for the marriage to work. Forgiveness, overlooking, extra efforts, and making available to avoid fornication. In other words, so that you can have sex. So when you are married now and now, sex is now a bargaining tool. Or a negotiating side. Sometimes you are not interested. He didn't say that nevertheless, to avoid having to eat from the, from the supermarket. Or nevertheless, to avoid cooking for yourself. To avoid hunger. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Or to avoid... Uh, uh, washing your own clothes. The only reason, the main reason for which this compromise is often the very reason why married marriages don't work. Yes, ladies, let me say it to you. And especially our Ghanaian sisters and West African sisters. Because where I'm coming from, we don't have this problem. Mm-hmm. We'll visit. We don't have this problem. Oh, yes. 
The problem is the other, the other way around. The men are not doing their work. The problem is the other way around. The men are rather sleeping. But here we see when you marry and you have your children, it's like now all of a sudden I must remind you and make me look like a beggar. I mean, I have to start negotiating from the morning and all those things. Sometimes negotiating three days. No, I don't know whether the married men don't have these problems. Oh, no, 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 no. You are talking to us. You are talking to us. us. Listen, listen. Sisters, look, I've not started preaching. I've not started preaching. This is just. You can edit this portion. Sisters, sisters, I don't know if you are hearing me. But let me tell you something. We don't like it when we have to negotiate for it. Do you get it? We don't like it when we have to always negotiate. It's nicer when you, you even bring it when we are not thinking of it. But, but if after all the efforts we make to tell you now it's like we have to ask you, ah, are you not going to bath? <laughs> you spoil the thing. It's like so. So you see, you see what happens is that you are forgotten the spiritual purpose for which we were we were encouraged to marry. Do you get it? So you see, and the men, the way men are. It's like if this is what I have to, our pride does not allow us to always go begging. We don't mind going to beg when it's not ours. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. But when it is ours, we don't find the need to beg. And and if having to have it would involve a lot of negotiation. So be it. We are willing to starve. But you see, starving too is not going to work. That is when the door opens for rather let me go and beg outside than to beg in my own house. Are you hearing me? Hmm. Okay, so I'm just, this one is not, it's not part of my preaching. The reason why I brought in this is that you must always have the purpose of a thing in mind. You must always have the purpose of a thing in mind. Why are you going to school? Are you, is, it, is your parents paying school fees so that you can go and make friends and go out? Why have they, you have a room in the house? They have left, gone to pay school fees and pay hostel fees. And then you have gone to now start going to make friends, going clubbing and all those things. I hope you're understanding it. So, you see, when the purpose of a thing is not always at the forefront of your mind, 
you easily get distracted. That's what I want to establish. And Jesus at many, on many occasions, I think in Luke chapter 4 verse something, when, I think the latter part, when some, he went into a desert place and multitude came unto him. And his immediate response was that, let us go to the other cities so that I will preach there also. He said, so that I will preach the kingdom of God. Why? For, for therefore I am sent. Wow. I'm sent. You can write it in another English. He said, for therefore I am sent. You see, yes, I have the people coming around and everybody is happy. I have a crowd and everything. But I'm, I, I was not sent to come and gather crowds. I was sent to tell everybody everywhere of the kingdom of God. So you see, if Jesus is our savior, Jesus is our master, then we, you see, we need to always follow him and follow him well. And that is why we need to ask ourselves, why am I saved? Why am I saved? What is the reason for my salvation? What is the reason? And I bet you, many of us, if I ask you, what is the reason for your salvation? The answer you give me is only part A. Is that what? Heaven. Mm? Almost all of us is heaven. Forgiveness of sins and heaven. You see, it is, thank you, Holy Spirit. It is because of this short-sightedness in the purpose of our salvation. That is why you will hear people arguing that we are under grace and we are not under the law. Mm. As if to say that now that we are under grace, sin is not, you see, they argue that we are under grace, we are not under the law, and therefore we are not going to be punished for our sins. Is God going to punish us for our sins? Oh, they don't preach that in here, in Ghana. We are under grace. So it's like we can live anyhow. We can do anything we want to do because we are under grace. Once saved, forever saved. And what do you call saved? Exactly. Saved from what? Many people feel and think that the only reason for which Christ came to die for us is so that our sins will be forgiven and we'll go to heaven. And therefore, when we even pray, it's like, look, our going to heaven is certain. Once we pray, forgive me of my sins, whatever it is, the next thing is that, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Check, check. If you have a prayer list, first of all, most of us don't pray. Now, that's the, that's the first thing. First of all, most of us don't pray. So, our prayer pages are empty. Empty by the hour, by the day. When Jesus said, men always ought to pray, Luke 18.1. He said, to this end speak a parable. That men always ought to pray and not faint. If Jesus says men, not, not, not angels. 
Not animals, but men always up to pray and not faint. What are you doing as a Jesus follower, not praying? How can you say you are a believer in Jesus? And Jesus says, men always ought to pray and not be tired. And you don't pray. Let alone before you get tired. You see, what it means is that you, the, the purpose for which you are saved is not even on your mind. You don't even know it, let alone it will be on your mind. And this morning, I have a duty to draw your attention to the fact that you are not saved so that your sins will be forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The forgiveness of your sins is a necessary step to the real agenda for which Christ came into this world. And that is to move you from the rulership of Satan onto the rulership of God. That's why Christ came. That's why he came. So until you are under the rulership of God, you are not yet saved. Your sins may be forgiven because of your faith in Jesus. But the total salvation, the salvation that is salvation, is not yet complete in your life. That is why Paul would say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Is it, because work out, work out, do I have to, Jesus must die again for me. No. But you see, the confession of Jesus is but one step. You see, the confession that Jesus is Christ, it opens the door for your sins to be forgiven. It opens the door for you to be counted as belonging to God. But the other steps where you now have to come under the rulership of God is the step that you have to be aware to walk in and to take. That is what you have to work. Because that God has opened the door for you to come under his power does not mean you will come under his power. You have to decide. But you see, when you don't understand that the reason for Christ's death is for me to be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you will make it just forgiveness of my sins. But forgiveness of your sins does not mean you are under the power of God. But the goal of Christ coming on earth, going through all that he went through, is to deliver you from the power of Satan to come under the power of God. Now, if you understand this, if you understand this, then the things you need to do as a Christian will make sense to you. You see, if you, if, if you don't understand this and you stop at the fact that my sins are forgiven, the other things you have to do will not make sense to you. Oh yes, oh yes. You see, Paul understood a lot about salvation. He, I can tell you that. You see, God is a wonderful God. You see, Paul was very educated very educated in, in the biblical things. 
the Old Testament. So, he also had more revelation in terms of the New Testament, what it actually means. Peter and Co. they just wrote a few things here and there. But Paul was the one who explained everything to us. So you'll find that a lot of the quotations, a lot of the verses, it is Paul who is explaining it. Not Peter and Co. Because they were fishermen. They have faith in Jesus and they followed. In fact, at a point, Paul had to rebuke Peter and say, you, even though you have been with Jesus, even though you don't understand what you are doing, if you did, you wouldn't be trying to detach yourself because of people's opinion. Hallelujah. So listen, what am I saying? What am I saying? What I am saying to you today, if you don't hear me, is hear me and listen carefully. Forgiveness of your sins is like paving the way do you get it? It's, it's like paving the way for the real purpose of God, which is to deliver you from the power of Satan to come under the power of God to happen. I mean, your sins have to be forgiven so that the power of God can come and reside with you, who is the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Your sins, you, you need to be forgiven. Yes. So that now when you pray, God will hear you. Because the, the, the man who, whose eyes were open, the blind man in, I think, uh, uh, John chapter 9, when they asked him, he, he said, uh, listen, you are the scholars of the Bible. We know that God heareth not sinners. And then when he told them, he said, but that was altogether born in sin. And how, are you not coming to teach us? Yes, he's teaching you because you are, you are so stupid that what is obvious, your eyes have been blinded. So you can't even see, you can't even hear. He said, well, if you are saying that this man is not of God, we know that this, this, this God doesn't hear sinners. So why, where, who is doing this miracle of opening my eyes? He, he, in other words, he cannot be a sinner. So that is why God has to forgive you of your sins. That's why the blood must be shed. To pave the way for you to be accepted into God's kingdom. But in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, you must be governed by God, not by Satan. That's why Paul explained that don't you know in Romans 6, I think uh, 18 or something that, don't you know no, the last part of Romans 6 it says, don't you know that the person that you yield yourself to obey do you get it? as servants, the the person's servants you are, please help me Romans 6 the latter part of of the chapter Know ye not. I think, is it 16? No, it can't be 16. I think, can you check 16? What is there? Know ye not. To whom you yield yourself servants to obey. 
His servants he are to whom he obey. You see, Paul is explaining that. Listen, listen. And here, here, he was talking about we are not under sin. Sorry, we are not under the law. We are under grace. And therefore, we are free from the law. And then it's like, so shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? He said, no, 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 no. You are making a mistake. So the grace preachers, the grace preachers are preaching it very wrongly. The real grace or the grace that has happened to us that we are under is the grace that God, we don't deserve God to stay with us, but he has come to stay with us. That's the grace, that's the grace. The grace is to have the power of God that you don't deserve, but God himself has made a way for you to have him. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the grace. So in fact, in fact, under grace, under grace, Having received the unmerited favor of God, whereby God now abides in you, you should, you should, you should question the presence of any sin in your life. Yeah. Under grace, under grace, the presence of sin in your life should set your antennas high and say, what is not working? Because if God is here, why is sin also here? Because God does not stay with sin. It's to question yourself, to say, if I have the power of God, why is the power of Satan dominating me? Yeah. So before you start arguing whether I'm going to be punished or not, it's not about punishment. It's not about punishment. It is about slavery. Whose slave are you? Are you a slave of God or are you a slave of Satan? So don't, 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 don't argue that, oh, even though I'm living in sin, God is not going to punish me because we are under grace. It's not about that. It's about rulership. Who is ruling your life? Yeah. So some of you as you are living in sin and you are thinking that, oh, the pastor doesn't know nobody. No, no, no. You see, what you are, the mistake you are making, the mistake you are making is that you are supposed to be free from it. And so that your life will do good works before God. So you should be asking yourself, why am I in sin when I have believed in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? What is not working? Or why is Satan still having power over me? I hope you are here. Because listen, God has loved you and he has given himself to you so that he will work great works through your life. He will work beautiful works through your life. But Satan, not also accepting it, would fight back and he will fight back by deceiving you and telling you that the main reason why you need Jesus is so that God will forgive you of your sins. But if your sins are forgiven, but you are still under Satan's power, are you not going to gather more sins? Under the power of Satan, Jesus described Satan, God, when he became man, described Satan as a thief, as a killer, 
and as a destroyer. So what do you think God, Satan is going to do when you are under his power? When Satan is your ruler? What, what, what good works would he do with you? And, and you see, he deceives us by projecting us. Let me say it again. The power of Satan's deception or the success of Satan's deception is to project you as the main person. Yet he knows that you are nothing. He projects you as you. Seek your interest. If it is pleasurable to you, do it. If it helps you to have food, why not? If it helps you to have mobile phone, why not? If it helps you to have all these things, why not? But forgetting, you yourself forgetting, that all these things, they amount to nothing. The only reason why these things are useful to you is because your flesh is alive. The day your flesh dies, your cell phone is nothing, your house is nothing, your car is nothing, how many fridges you have in the house is nothing, everything nothing, your bank account means nothing. And therefore, your life would have been wasted. Meanwhile, meanwhile, God, under the power of God, under the rulership of God, when God governs your life, when, when you are not the, you are not the, you are not the, 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 like, you are not the main thing, but God is the main thing. In other words, when you live your life with God as the focus, in other words, I live for God. If I die, I die for God. In all my ways, I'm his. My life is his. And therefore, you allow him to use it. All these things will still be present in your life. All these things. Do you think I don't have a fridge? You have to save to buy a fridge. I don't save to buy a fridge. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, in case you, I don't know how to say it. I don't have to save to buy a fridge. Even if I don't have money to buy a fridge, I have plenty of people. Even if I call you and I said I need a fridge, I will have a fridge tomorrow. Don't, don't you realize that it's under the power of God that, that I will say to my church, I need a fridge. I mean, look at me. As a human being, why would somebody be happy to buy me something? But you see, as I've submitted my life to be under the power of God, and God is using me like a screwdriver, moving things, or like a toothpick, removing things and or like a brush removing cobwebs in people's minds and everything all of a sudden the people that god is using me to serve are so happy to give it's like i don't have to use the scripture i don't have to use the scripture i just have to say i need it Mm. oh you don't realize it but you see you see when it is all said and done my life will not be the works of satan my life will be the works of god And you have that opportunity. I said, you have that opportunity. The only reason why it feels like you don't have that opportunity is because you have not thought about it. That, listen, why am I saved? I'm saved to come under the power of God. We, we, we quote Ephesians 2, 8 up to 9, but we should add the 10. Do you get it? We are saved, for by grace are you saved. You see, not of works. It is the gift of God, lest any man should go. For we are created 
We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Created. We are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in. Works that are good in his eyes. Not in man's eyes. Listen, you will eat. Do you you think I don't have food to eat? I can't eat. The problem is I can't eat. That's the problem. I may not have a lot of money stored in the bank. But everything I need, I would have it. But is it over and above all? I have discovered that I don't need much. Because the wisdom from above has revealed to me that most of the things that people crave for is vanity. You can drive one car at a time, even if you have 10 cars. You, as a person, can sit in only one at a time. You don't have the gift of omnipresence. So when you sit in your bench, your Bentley would have to be parked. If somebody else is driving in you, it's not you sitting in it. If you have seven bedrooms, you see, for you to have a good sleep, you have to sleep in one at a time. Because if you attempt to sleep in all seven overnight, you wake up very tired. No, no, no. You see, you see, these truths, these truths, do you get it? These truths are not revealed to people that are not under the power of God. That is why somebody will steal a country's money that they can't use. And then they'll go and give it to the white man and leave it in the white man's country. And when they die, nobody can go for it. Meanwhile, you have left people hungry. You have left students without textbooks. You have left roads undone. You have left farmers in, in a mess. You see, the evil that we see in this world is because unless you are under the power of God, what you see will not be what is real. Because under the power of Satan, Paul says that if our gospel be hid, it is hid from the people of this world of whom the God of this world has blinded their eyes that they will not see the light of the glorious gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. Is, is, is it, it is hid. If our gospel is hid, it can only be hid from people whose eyes have been blinded by the God of this world. So you see, most of the people that are in power, ruling people and things, it's almost like, what do you want? Is it one house? How many houses can you have? I mean, it's almost like you are taking whether it makes a million people poor you don't care. May your eyes be open. May your eyes be open. And may your eyes remain open all the days of your life. And allow God 
submit yourself fully under God's power. Because that's, what he, that's why he sent Christ to die for. It's not just for your sins. But it's so that you will be under his power. And that your life will work the good works that he has foreordained for it. Yeah. Your life will take people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That's what your life will do. Your life will deliver souls from bondage. Yeah. But you see, you have to believe it. I said you have to believe it. Because unless you are mindful that I am saved to always be under the power of God, until I am under the power of God, my salvation is incomplete. Unless that is there, many of the things you need to do, you will not do it. Recently, I preached a message. The only reason you are under the power of Satan is because you have your own vision. If you take the vision of God for your life as your vision, you will never be under the power of Satan. Adam and Eve came under the power of Satan when Satan told them, you will be as God, knowing good and evil. And the Bible says, when the woman saw that it is good for food, and to make one wise, he ate it. So when you have your own vision, mind you, mind you, the vision that you think is yours is from Satan. Oh, yes, yes. You can believe it now or grow to believe it. It's up to you. But I believe, I believe it, and therefore I seek for the vision of God for my life. I say, I seek for the vision of God for my life. I don't want to be anything. I just want to be what God wants me to be. He told the disciples, don't worry about what to eat. Don't worry about what to wear. It is the duty of the one who has called you. If he can sustain your flesh, he knows that the flesh must therefore be provided with food. The, The flesh must have needs because you are in this world. He will give it to you. He will give it to you. But he will not, you see, when you give it up as your project and he takes it up, those things don't control you. And therefore, Satan cannot control you. When I see pastors, that lay pastors, you have risen up, you have been a stable Christian, you have been a pastor, go all out. You see, you don't have to stop working to be under the power of God, to be a full a full-time pastor, let me call it that way. You don't have to stop. What God needs of you is your heart and your preoccupation. What preoccupies your mind? And mind you, the power to prosper is spiritual. It comes from, you see, the more of the Holy Ghost is operating and you are cooperating with the more power will be in your life such that you will speak to your businesses, you will speak to your clients, you will say things and it will come to pass. Oh yeah. No. Listen. Whether you believe it or not, there is a whole invisible world that is moving the visible world. We are like draft dummy. Uh-huh, we are like that on the, on the draft board. Yeah, they just keep pushing us. Keep pushing us. Oh, yes. 
Oh, yes. You can believe it today or wait and believe it tomorrow. But as for believing it, you will come to that conclusion. Otherwise, why would people do things and ask themselves, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? You were being taught for. What you were thinking is that you were being taught for. Satan is telling you, do this. This is good. It will help you. Do this. How can Satan be your advisor? Oh, yeah. So listen to me. Listen to me. What, I, what, is my, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that until your life is fully under the power of God, your salvation is incomplete. There's, there are things you do that gradually but carefully brings you under the power of God. That is when you give yourself to be used by God. You see, one time I preached another message. Serving God is not an option. It's a must. Because if you don't serve God, you serve Satan. If you don't serve God, you will serve Satan. I promise you. Mark it somewhere. You will discover that the works of your life has advanced satanic agendas. Oh, yeah. If you don't serve God, you will serve Satan. That is what Paul said that to whom you yield yourself to obey, to the person's servant ye are. So if God is not instructing you, love your neighbor, forgive, preach the gospel, give to the poor, tell somebody, be a Listen to me. If God is not instructing you and you kick against it, then Satan will instruct you. Satan will tell you, have many girlfriends, build houses, buy cars. And what else? I don't know a lot. Marry wives. What else? Buy phones. To watch pornography. The old people, this is not your problem. The young people, it's it's a, it's 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 a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Then, after that, what next? When your precious breath that God has given you in this body could be used to be a blessing. To humanity. You see, when I die, not if, when, it's just a matter of time. When I die, I may not have millions in the bank, but my life will continue because I didn't live for myself, I lived for others. Oh, yeah, I mean, what about if I have a lot of cash and blah, 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 blah? Listen, Solomon said that that a man should labor and get all these world's goods or whatever it is, and he's not sure whether the one who is going to come after him shall be a wise man like him, or he's actually working for a fool. <laughs> You're saying what? 
Oh, you know, I need to leave inheritance for my children. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I agree with you. But why don't you live a spiritual heritage for your children? Why don't you live a good relationship with God for your children? Say that God will say to your child, this thing that you have done, I'm going to, I should have punished you one, these are the things I'm going to do. But because of your promise, the promise I made to your father, I'll, I'll let you finish well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what David left for his son. I said, that's what David left for his son. When his son bowed to God, which God hates, God still overlooked it and said, I'm not going to punish you in your day. I will let it look like some other problem so that it's not related to you. So that your end will look good. But, but when your son takes over, I'll take away everything. But I still will leave something with him. Because your father, your father, he walked with me well. Yeah, he, he did a sin which no man did. But he still walked with me well. Yeah. So I've made him a promise. And therefore, I will leave a throne in his house. And from that little throne... In spite of the fact that he will lose 10 of the tribes. From that small throne, I still will bring out the Messiah. What a a heritage. I said, what a heritage. My prayer is I will walk well with God. Say that God will look upon me and say, for because of the way you have walked with me, your children, and their children, and their children's children, who always walk before me. Oh yeah, that, that is a blessing. I said that's a blessing. Well, what is the point in having all these worlds good, but your soul is lost? Or put it this way: What is the point in having all these worlds good, but you don't live long to enjoy it? And then your son who comes to inherit it is not giving wisdom, but he becomes a fool. And Satan takes over and destroys everything. Listen to me. In closing, God describes his purpose for your salvation. And that is for you to be under his power. Whatever it will take what decisions you have to take to ensure you constantly under the power of God are decisions that are ensuring that you walk in the salvation that has come to you through your relationship with Jesus. Oh yes. yes. The relationship with Jesus has brought into your life everything that is God. Let me say it again. Your personal relationship with Jesus has brought into your life everything that is God. And and it is your duty to walk in it whilst you have life here on earth. Because in heaven, 
it will be of no use. It is here that there are opposing powers. It is here that there are deceptive forces. Forces of darkness that are working against your life to make it become nothing. It is therefore here that you need the power of powers. It is therefore here that you need the light of lights to guide your life and to walk your life. To neglect it is to have the greatest neglect of a life. And it is Satan who would tell you this born again thing is nothing because he knows what it is. I said because he knows what it is. He knows what it is. It is Satan's agents that will laugh at you when you say you are born again because they know that you have real power. But when you are not convinced about it, they will laugh you to let go of it. But you shall never let go of it. I said you shall never let go of it. When you have an opportunity to be a servant in the house, it is an opportunity that makes you aware and that aligns your life to come under the power of God. Because I'm coming to preach, because I'm a pastor every day, I review my life and I pray, Lord, forgive me of my sins, but above all, let your power work through me. Lord, I surrender my heart to you. It's not me, it's you. It's not about me, it's about you. Every Because I just took up the responsibility that I want to serve God, I want to be a pastor. In fact, being a pastor... I discovered about 20 years ago that it, it is for my benefit more than the people that I pastor. Oh, yes. That's what you don't know. When you take up a responsibility in the house of God, you stand to benefit. You, you, you stand to benefit. Because by our nature, there are many things we will not do if not for the responsibility that is upon us. You watch it. Most of us, we don't keep ourselves very clean. But depending on what occasion is at stake, we make every effort. We spare nothing to keep ourselves clean. You see, the occasion is making us do what we should have been doing daily. So the more frequent the occasion, the more frequent we do what we need to do daily. So in the long run, the occasion serves to make us better people. What am I saying to you? Strive to be under the power of God. Don't think opportunities given to your life is a waste of your life. Somebody is disturbing your freedom. No, your real freedom is in Christ. Your real freedom is when Jesus governs you. Your real freedom is when God says move and you move. Your real freedom is because of God you wake up early to pray. That is your real freedom. Your real freedom is when you take the Bible that tells you the truth about this world. The world will never tell you the truth about this world because the governor, the minister of communication is Satan. How can Satan tell you the truth when Jesus says that when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of himself for he is the father of all lies. When he has said that, he abode not in the truth. Because the truth is not in him. How can you expect Satan to tell you what this world is about? It is only God 
by his spirit through his written word that will tell you that this world is not the way it looks. That the way up is the way down. It's not the way up. That the way to greatness is the way to being a servant of all. Yeah. Church, as I round up, I want to encourage you. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Fight. 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 And God is your helper. Fight to always be under God's power. Whenever you stand up to do something, ask yourself, whose power is this? When you stand up to fight, ask yourself, who is making me fight? Is it God or Satan? Because in Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Paul said, oh, Paul said, this is what Jesus told me. He says, I'm sending you to open their eyes. To open their eyes. The people I'm sending to. They have eyes, but they can't see. I'm sending you to open their eyes. Then they can be turned from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan. You see, Jesus identifies Satan's power. From the power of Satan. Unto the power of God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. And the best of all. An inheritance, a heritage, an inheritance that belongs to the children of God, which is the power of God and all that goes with it. Yeah. That is what you have when you meet Jesus. I said, that is what you have when you meet Jesus. Why should you allow your life to be lived under Satan's power when you have the power of God for your life to be lived under? May you never submit for one second to satanic influences. May you never listen to the voice of Satan. But may you always seek to hear the voice of God to direct your life. May God give you a dream that is from him. May God give you a purpose, accomplishment to do in this life. That he has purpose for your life. Like he told Jeremiah, before you were formed, I knew thee. And I have ordained you a prophet. And you shall be it. May you hear God tell you, before you were formed, I knew you. And I have ordained you a servant of me on this earth to be a blessing unto many lives. May your life never engage in wasted ways. May you never be enticed by the demonic enticements that is in this world but may you live your life lifting up God as everything and may he provide for your life all that you have needed may you be able to sing in the hours of your life in the moments of your life that great is your faithfulness for all that I have needed thy hands have provided great is your lift up your voice and begin to talk to the Lord thank you Holy Spirit Thank you, Thy Lord. Thank faithfulness. You. Oh, Lord, my Father, there is no shadow. Thank you. Door of I thank you, darling. We 
that he changes not. What he said concerning you. What he planned for your life is what he wants your life to be. Thank you. Lift up your voice and thank him. And plead with him, Lord, Lord, I want to be under your power. I want to constantly be under your influence. Under the influence of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Forgive me and help me. Help me to be delivered from every entanglement that I've yielded to the enemy in my life. I break free from it. I choose your way. I choose your wisdom. I choose your path that you have ordained for my life. I submit my life to serve you. To serve you. To serve you. To serve you. you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just a keyboard, great is thy faithfulness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. You are faithful to manifest yourself in our lives as you have promised. For every step we take, oh Lord. May we experience you in a special way. For every step of obedience, may we see the fruit of our obedience. For every heart that is dedicated to you and to your will, may we experience your power, your power in a special way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. And I declare them free from the cares of this world. I declare them free from the deceitfulness of riches. That, Lord, they may bear fruit unto your glory. For you have said, he who gives you his life shall never lose it. He shall never lose it because Satan will not use it and waste it. But you will use it and cause it to increase several fold in glory. May we believe this. May we understand the issues at stake. And may we always remember that we must remain under your power. For to be under the power of this enemy 
is, is, is wickedness. But to be under your power is blessing. Let our lives be a blessing. When we pray, Lord, hear us. Reveal yourself to us. Let us have an encounter with you. Plant in our hearts, O oh Lord, a desire to love you. With all our hearts, with all our soul, and with all our might. For in doing so, we shall never come under the power of Satan. Thank you, Jesus. Let this truth be revealed to us. Let this truth, the seals of this truth be opened up to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Under your power, we desire to be. Your influence, we yearn for every day and every moment. Help us, we pray. I don't know who you are. But you desire to be under God's power. Is available for you. Your only step you must take is to receive Jesus Christ as the Son of God who came to die, shed his blood, rose again on the third day, having defeated the power of darkness and making an open show of them. He's seated at the right hand of God. When he said, all power is given unto me, that is what it meant. All power belongs to God. Therefore, your relationship with him sets you free from the power of Satan. This is what you must desire and be under the power of God. Therefore, every head bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor, I want to come under the absolute power of God by believing in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and receiving him as such as my Savior into my heart. Lift up the right hand wherever you are. Let me pray with you. Thank you. This is what we have traditionally called being born again. But today the Lord is explaining it. That being born again makes you come into the kingdom of God and therefore under the complete power of God, not, on, not of Satan. God will not co-share with Satan. God wants to be totally in control of your life. And you can be rest assured that if God is in control of your life, he will do you good and not evil. He will cause your life to fulfill eternal purposes, not earthly purposes that vanishes away with your disappearance. He wants your life to continue to live on here even on earth whilst you are gone from here. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want Jesus into my life and I want to come under the absolute power of God. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high. Lift it up. I want you to lift your right hand so that I can see and pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let it go up. Father, these hands are not mere hands, but they are hearts that are crying unto you. Just as I am without one plea, 
as your blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. I come to you, Jesus, to receive you as my Savior, that I may come under the power of God. I'm tired of being a slave of Satan. I don't want to be a slave of Satan any longer. I want to come under the power of God. Therefore, be a slave of God. It is better to be a slave in God's house and to be under God than to be a slave in Satan's house. As the prodigal son found out. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You lifted up your hands. I want you to step forward and come. I want to pray with you. Don't clap. Don't clap. Just come. Just come. 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 Great is the faithfulness of the God who is calling you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come quickly, come. Father, these are precious hearts that says, just as I am, they come to you. Just as they are. Oh, Lamb of God, they come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let them never be the same. I thank you, Father, for these precious lives. A sincere heart cry that says, Lord, I'm tired of being under the power of Satan. I choose you to be under your power. For you have been so good to me, even when I am your enemy. You still love me and gave Jesus your son to die. Not a beautiful death, but a shameful death. Bury my sins. Today I come to receive you just as I am. Father, your word assures us that he who comes to you, you will in no wise cast away. Today, today, in the presence of this congregation, these ones have made a choice to come to you just as they are. Lord, I stand on their behalf and I say thank you for accepting them just as they are without expecting them to make a change before they come. Because they have not in themselves the power to make that change because they are under the bondage of Satan. But as you have received them just as they are, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that a change has come into their lives. They shall no longer be the same. They will never return. They will never return to the work of darkness because the door is shut. They will always go with you as you lead them. Like a flock, Jesus, lead your own. Lead them. Let them have testimonies that you are true and you are faithful. That you are the bright and the morning star. That you give to every life that abides with you and follows you a beautiful life. Thank you. I pray for miracles. I pray for the manifestation of your power in these lives. And I break every yoke and every bondage 
that holds them i break it in the name of jesus and i declare them to be free from every case that has operated in their families father because of their relationship with jesus they walk in freedom they walk in light they shall never be entangled again i thank you heavenly father let us pray this prayer together those of you standing in front and congregation let's join in and pray say after me heavenly father i thank you for loving me just as i am i know that i've been a disobedient child i've walked my own way under the deception of satan but i thank you for today that you have opened my eyes to see the light of your gospel and to hear you calling me therefore i come to you just as i am forgive me of my sins i submit to you as my god to obey you and to walk with you as i follow jesus my savior by this prayer i declare my faith in jesus as your son who came to die for me who rose again on the third day seated at your right hand jesus jesus i give you my heart as my lord as my savior by the power of your spirit help me to follow you and to be an obedient child of god all the days of my life let me walk in the goodness of god and let my life have testimonies to tell others make me a witness of your saving power thank you jesus amen father i bless them i bless them i bless them with your goodness plant in their hearts oh lord eternal purposes draw them gently to follow after you may their hearts always long for you may their desire be to dwell in your house all the days of their lives i thank you father in jesus name amen when he ran to me he took me in his arms till my head to his chest said my son's come home we believe the word of god has come through to you Join us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Bantama behind the Confidence Eating Place. This is every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. every Tuesday. Stay blessed.